The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. That, my friends, is Nate Geary. And this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words. That's right. Food, football, and those are the two. Because I don't have my mind in the gutter. You have your mind in the gutter. The third one is flan. It is the Peruvian pudding dessert. Flan. Flan is the third F word for this evening. A reminder that every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is brought to you by and presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself Mm -hmm. to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Mr. Geary, how you doing? I am satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah, I just ate uh, a whole bunch of food in front of you. Um, guys, this is how you know Bruce and I have gotten to this special part of our, our podcasting relationship is, you know, I had ordered pizza as on DoorDash and it just kind of took a long time. It was supposed to get here well before uh, the podcast period where I get on a little early. We chit chat, you know, talk about our week, so on and so forth. Um, and I was like, Bruce, bad news. My food hasn't arrived yet and I'm worried it's going to come here directly in the middle of this podcast and i'm not going to have eaten since like noon today i was super hungry and wouldn't you know it got here with 15 minutes to spare and just me just cleaning wings right on camera talking to bruce about you know fantasy football and so on and so forth so um bruce i feel like our our relationship has really it's uh it's matured to new heights we took it to the next level definitely we did 100 took it to the next level 
You know who else took it to the next level? Genesee Brewing Company, our favorite sponsor. This show, Food for Thought, is brought to you by Genesee Brewing Company. Since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing, each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest, Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. A reminder to hit all of the engagement buttons, like, subscribe, rate, review, all the things that make the wonderful hormones in our brain, all the things that make them light up, press those buttons. Any super chat that we get here on YouTube this evening that is at or greater than $10, make sure you will get yourself a Genesee Brewery pint glass. Just make sure that you DM at Nate Geary Sports, proof of the super chat, and that you are following at Genesee Brewery on Twitter with your address, and he will make sure he gets it to you. Nate, mm-hmm. this is a little a little deep. We're going deep cut deep with our cut, opening baby. icebreaker this evening, and we're going to talk about unadvised representative first try foods. Now, that seems like a lot. That's a mouthful. Seems like a whole Allow lot. me yep. to explain what I mean by unadvised representative first try foods. And I swear I'm going somewhere with this, your honor. I am going somewhere with this. If you have a friend in from out of town and when I say out of town, I mean, he's from the moon and he comes from the moon and he says, Bruce, I would very much like to have pizza. I swear by all that is holy and sacred. If you take this person to a Chicago deep dish joint, and you say this, this is pizza. Yep. I will stab you with a fork. This is not about whether or not Chicago deep dish pizza is good. It's good, correct. It's about whether or not it's representative of the whole. Mm. It's about if you're going to start somewhere with something, you want it to start with an idea and set proper expectations for what the remainder of that type of food or food category is going to be like. When I say unadvised, representative, first try foods, this is what I mean. And why? Why, Bruce, are you bringing this up? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills opponent for Sunday, have decided to start rookie Kenny Pickett in his first game on the road against the bills defense Mm. wouldn't be what i would do unadvisable but but it is a storyline coming into the game now you could make an argument that he's going to be better than trubisky anyway so does it really matter but as far as your first start goes you're you're drawing a tough assignment yeah even buffalo bills being shorthanded in the secondary that's a fearsome fearsome defensive line And you're just, you know, getting your feet wet, got some new pieces around you. You're trying to get it right. You're like, okay, this is going to be different. If there was ever a place where Kenny Pickett was most at home, it's in Pittsburgh. That's where he played. One of the hilarious narratives coming through the NFL draft was, well, Kenny Pickett will never be able to play in a place with the weather like Pittsburgh. With (laughs) his wee hands. With his wee little hands. Just tiny wee hands. So, Nate, I'm going to allow you to kick us off. When I say unadvised, representative, first try foods, 
Hit me. What you got? I'm going niche, brother. Niche. And that is what we do on this show. Um, Bruce, are you a raw guy? Elaborate on that. Am I a raw? Raw fish, guy? raw beef, raw lamb. Um, raw. I do sushi. Okay. Right? Throw sushi but, out. How adventurous no. have you gotten? You've ever done carpaccio or tartar? I've done carpaccio one time. I've never done tartar. Okay. okay. So I'm going to open the audience to a world of raw beef and raw lamb. And it is unadvisable to try this unless you truly believe and you truly trust the chef. Now, listen, if, if, if any restaurant you go to, more than likely if they're serving tartar, it's a higher end restaurant. They're sourcing their beef more locally and therefore it is going to be fresher and a place that you can trust to get your tartar. However, the first time I had lamb tartar was a very interesting experience for me, Bruce. Now, are you a lamb guy? Do you like lamb chops? Do you like do. Um, lamb medallion ribs? I mean, those yes, are as good absolutely. as it. I mean, those are bon appetit, right? Um, I am in, yeah. There is, regardless of how fresh, there is a gaminess to lamb versus beef. It just has that exotic tang, as Charlie mm -hmm. Kelly would say, right? I was utterly surprised, Bruce, at the lack of gaminess this lamb tartar had. Now, you're not familiar, not local. There's a place out in Eden called Stillwater Farms. They do a Sunday dinner where they invite a chef to come cook in their beautiful farm using their livestock right there, butchered and then cooked on an open fire. Bruce, it is unbelievable. And last year, uh, a chef that I trust very much, um, someone I know that has worked with raw beef and raw lamb before, Bruce, they literally butchered that lamb less than 24 hours before I ate it. There was zero gaminess whatsoever. It was one of the tastiest dishes I have ever had. It took a level of trust that I have never really afforded someone else before. Now, because of that trust, I was willing to try a beef tartare that I really, really liked. But it was that first leap of faith. It was having it from someone that I truly trusted, that I know has worked with raw you know, beef or lamb before. But more importantly, I literally was hanging out with the other lamb friends that, you know, I just was consumed their buddy or maybe their cousin. Um, hmm. But knowing where it was sourced and seeing the environment that they're kept and how well taken care of they were and knowing that all of the other food was cooked on an open fire for like 45, 50 people. It was, first, it was an unbelievable experience, but it was the tartar that I still remember to this day. And had I not, been feeling so trustworthy of of Zena, who is the chef at Casa Azul, I probably would not have tried it. In fact, I'm confident I never would have tried tartar. Therefore, I would have tried something that I actually really enjoy now as my my palate matures a bit. But I would not advise trying it on a one-off, going to your favorite restaurant. Ooh, tartar's on the menu. Gonna try it tonight. Pump the brakes a little there, guy. Just make sure you really trust the environment, you trust the place, you trust the chef, and you trust the source of that beef or lamb. Not Tartar. for rookies. Not for Tartar. rookies. Not for rookies. You got to really love red meat. Like, you got to really be a red meat, like, lifer. Um, and I know that's not a thing that is necessarily shared 
Uh, some people really love red meat. Some people hate it and don't like it at all. Some people don't like it because of its adverse health effects on cholesterol um, and your heart. Uh, I love it. And I love it cooked. I love it raw. But I'm telling you, Bruce, that the, the, the lamb tartare changed my bleeping life. It was, it was that memorable of a meal. And again, there's looking at it, knowing everything that I know about it, texture, you know me, man, big mm -hmm. texture guy. Everything about it was great. Like the texture and it was very acidy because, you know, whenever you're working with raw, you know, it's not, it's essentially the idea of ceviche, right? Where right. with the ceviche, with the raw fish, you're blasting it with a lot of acids that are essentially cooking the enzymes or cooking the actual fish. It's not cooking the beef in, in that same way that the acid bath or the, the acid wash would do for the same for the ceviche, but it's kind of the same idea, very acidic. Um, and then they put some like fresh herbs in there that really, and you know, anytime you have lamb, like that herb and cranberry kind of combination that really go well with lamb. Um, I, I would advise anyone who's considered it to just wait, go to an Oliver's here in the city, go to the little club on hurdle. Um, I'm trying to think, of another place that I would be, I, I don't think Casa Zul does tartar, um, but I know I was, I felt very comfortable with her making it for me, but yeah, Oliver's is kind of the place where I, I would go. If you're going to try it, it's advisable to me to go to a place, you know, you're getting really the, the quality of the quality food in Western New York. Before we get into mine, let's say hi to people in the comments. JR says food, football, and fat because all flavor comes from the fat. This guy knows he knows what's up. Love it. He knows what's up. Karen says her third F is freaking tasty tater tots. It's a, it's a lovely little Chianti. I'm going to have it with some fava beans. I just appreciate anyone who gets that reference. I know it's not an incredibly deep cut, but you know, whatever. Rich Rush, go Bills in there. Mr. Diggs says Thursday night, my family said I could go to the game this weekend. They have a new baby. My son and I are going. It's very cool. Any advice on catching tailgating? Nate, you are there more often than I am. Uh, do you have advice for Mr. Diggs on tailgating before we get into mine? Yeah, if you're not, um, <clears throat> if you don't have like an RV or anything, um, I would tell you move away from um, move away from the bus lot and anything like that because that's all going to be like kind of private parties and going on. My dad parks behind the KK Food Mart, which is right across, right on the, on the four-way intersection of Southwestern and Abbott Road. And right at the corner, you got O'Neill's, which is very good food. Good luck trying to get there on a game day, though. Um, O'Neill's is on the corner. Gas station, Prohibition, which is the new bar, whatever. It's not new. It's been there for a long time, but it's gone through like 15 different owners in the last 10 years. Prohibition on the other side is KK Food Mart. And behind there is really good parking, easy in, easy out. And I would tell you, um, go find my dad. I'll make sure he, uh, he looks out for you, Mr. Diggs, and I'll have him save an Italian beef sandwich for you. There we go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Axon Jackson, 222, says, The NFL Network made a choice today. That choice was to replay Broncos Colts from last night. What level of madness... Would a person have to be afflicted with to rewatch that game? Okay, Nate, we're gonna have we're gonna have a full front on the fly right here. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. Here are your choices. Okay. Watch Broncos Colts from last night again. Broadcast angle, everything. Oh, I do that. Just that's your option. Option one. Option two is eat a food you really don't like. What food is the equivalent? What food that you would have to eat is the equivalent would be right there on the line. Like force feeding? Watching Broncos Colts last night. So if you said, okay, I'm going to give you these list of things. You got to eat this or you got to watch the game again. At what point does that get really close? At what point does that make you think, uh, maybe I take the game instead of eating this food? I got one. What I got do you one got? For you. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I am not Ooh, an oyster I, guy. I am not an oyster guy. Ooh, okay. It's the texture. It's the mm-hmm. texture. I just I just can't get I can't get past the texture of oysters. As a texture guy, I love I love clams. Or I, if I love oysters. You told me right now that my options were have seven oysters or watch that game again. I'm watching the game. I'm drawing the line. Hmm. I will turn down sustenance and things that will make my body whole in just calories and help. I will hmm. turn it down. To watch that game again because I don't like oysters. How about you? Okay. Easy. Filet a fish. Filet a fish from McDonald's. Yes. I would watch that game one hundred times before I'd watch before I'd I'd get even near a filet of fish. To be quite honest with you, I worked at McDonald's. I told you this, right? I I worked in the uh, uh, on the grill at McDonald's for three years. Sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen years old. And the filet fish just never going to do it again. I never did it, and I never will do it. Um, oh, you've never you know done it before. No, and I never will ever, ever, ever do a filet fish from McDonald's. Now, listen, it's sort of like you know, once you see the sausage made, it's you know, craps out of the donkey, whatever the saying you want to go with there. Um, I've seen too much, Bruce. I've seen too much, and more than anything. It's maybe less about the hunk of fish, right? To me, fish is fish, whatever. And you know I'm not a big fried fish guy as it stands. Fish is fish. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would rather have a couple of bites of just a filet, a fish filet that's been deep fried than watch that game. It's the tartar. Tartar sauce. Well, you know, you you did just say you really like tartar. So, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) a good point bruce you know a little, little little double entendre there i like that but um no bruce first of all it's kept at room temperature for a while that's unfortunate okay like they are kept in the fridge but then they take them out they put it in the little the little gun right and unless you're unless you're in rush hour and you're whipping through that maybe 
you go through one of those jugs of tartar in two, three hours. That means it's sitting out. More than likely, you're carrying over multiple days. Now, what happens is at the end of the day, you wrap it up, put it in the, in the walk-in cooler, and it stays there overnight after you're done serving dinner. And then after breakfast, you pull it back out, it sits out, and it sits there, and it sits there all day. Now, what starts to happen, Bruce, is the end of it, the mayonnaise starts turning that yellow color, like that yellow color that it's been sitting out and it's drying up a little bit, right? That's, that's, the, that's the color of the tartar. And your tartar is splurging through the old, nasty, crusty tartar that's at the, that's at the thing. For, for those that are watching, like my fingers are the crusty tartar here, and this is the new tartar coming through. Um, it's the worst thing in all of the world. If you wanted, listen, I know we, we don't get political on this show, but if you wanted to end the war in Ukraine, you would just send Russia all of uh, McDonald's leftover tartar sauce tubes. Okay. That, that war would be over in a minute. So that would solve, that would solve, that would create world peace. Karen draws the line at mushy peas. Liam <laughs> says pureed Brussels, Brussels sprouts. That's a deep cut. Yes. Super deep, deep cut. Super deep. Super Andy deep says, cut. where is this? No, no, we're talking about McDonald's, Andy. We're Filet talking about McDonald's. You know, Filet give me fish. that Filet fish. Give Specifically, me that fish. we're talking about what type of food would you pass up? It's so bad you'd pass it up to watch that game from last night over again. All right. Now, we still haven't gotten to my unadvised. No, you got to get to it. Got to get to it. My unadvised representative first, first try food. If you have a guy who wants to try Chinese food for the first time, mm. get him something Mandarin. Don't get him something Szechuan. That's my argument right there. Why? Well, so Sichuan food has a very, very distinct flavor profile. Mm -hmm. It is a it's a subcategory almost of what you consider to be traditional Chinese food. It has that numbness when it comes yeah. to the spiciness. Szechuan right? has that like it's not yeah. hot. It's, no, numbing. it's numbing. It's, it's like right. a layer of numbing that you're going to And have. that's yeah. a very niche flavor profile. There is no, because it's Sichuan peppercorn is what does that. It's yep. the Sichuan peppercorn that does it. It is a very, very niche flavor profile. And it's not super well representative of the entirety of Chinese food. So if you are having a friend, and we're going to get distracted again because Nate's being distracted. Andy says, I would pass on Icelandic pickled shark. It's called Hakarl. It's called Hakarl. And my girlfriend's little brother tried some when we were in Iceland. And we went to the local um, the local grocery store in Iceland. And we were just looking through the, the cold counters. Because big thing we wanted was the Icelandic uh, yogurt. There is nothing like fresh Icelandic yogurt. It is mm, delicious. But the Hakarl? So, Bruce, do you know the story of Hakarl? Because I'm 100% derailing the show now because of Andy. Have, do you know, have you ever heard of Hakarl? I have, I've heard of Hakarl. I do not know the story, and I will allow you to tell the story. Hakarl is fermented shark. It's not pickled. It's fermented. And how they do it, this Icelandic shark is a delicacy only to the Icelandic Sea and only to I people of Iceland. The reason is scarce resources. There are a lot of land animals, lamb, but those lamb were mostly brought over from settlers that came from other Nordic regions when they came to Iceland. Yes, I took a couple of tours. Anyways, Hakarl would wash up on the shore 
And the early settlers quickly realized that the type of shark that lived off of the, the shore was poisonous for people to eat when the, even if they just they butchered it and cooked it, it was still there was poison. It was almost like a natural reaction. And I bet you didn't know this about chicken is chicken also have this natural defense. Uh, where if they believe they're about to get killed, their body releases these endorphins right. and these chemicals throughout their body that taints the meat. The mm -hmm. same is kind of said about this special Icelandic shark. The meat itself was poisonous. So what they did is that when they would wash ashore or they'd go out and they'd kill them, they'd bring them to shore and bury them in the sand for months on end. So the sand would suck up the poison out of the meat, leaving this disgusting, terrible smelling Icelandic fermented shark that they would then cut up and smoke in some cases, or eat right there. Icelandic pickled, not pickled, Icelandic fermented shark. It's called Hakarl. And uh, my girlfriend's little brother, Alec, tried it. Uh, he did not vomit, although watching him did make me want to vomit. Thank you for, uh, for completely derailing the show, Andy. We appreciate you, buddy. Okay, now, to be fair... We could have waited until I was done talking no. about Sichuan food. No, 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 no. But no. we suffer on this show from something called Adalab. Adalab is a, an acronym. It stands for Attention Defa Oh Look a Butterfly. <laughs> so. <laughs> I never heard that one before, Bruce. That's really good. So. Anyway. Anyway. Introducing someone to Chinese food through Sichuan food is a bad idea because it's very distinct in the flavor profile. It's not necessarily representative of the remainder of Chinese food. You want to start with a Mandarin dish. You want to start with, you know, General So's or chicken and broccoli or beef and broccoli or, you know, Mugu Gai or something like that. You don't want to start with something Sichuan because there's a chance they either really like it and think that all Chinese food is just like that, or they really don't like it because they think all Chinese food is just like that. So now that I lost all of the momentum associated with that monologue, we are going to move on to if the Bills-Ravens game was a food. If the Bills-Ravens game was a food. You know, we don't have a guest on today's show. There was no Genesee hotline at all. But if we did have a guest, the Genesee Hotline would be brought to you by Genesee Brewing Company. Now, it's really important that you know that I didn't get any tropical pineapple Kolsch, but I'm, you did not, not. I'm not bitter. Because when I think of a beer brewed for celebration, I think of Genesee Oktoberfest. Mm. This deep golden lager is big on malt flavor and perfect to fill your favorite stein. Prost! Genesee Brewing Company. All right, if Bills Ravens was a food, I'm going to go first on this one. Do it. Bills Ravens, if it was a food, it's Little Caesars Pizza. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Little Caesars Pizza right now, Nate. Hmm. My respect for Little Caesars cannot be understated. I cannot tell you the level of admiration I have for Little Caesars Pizza. Little Caesars, not too long ago, Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm old, so it's probably a, a fairly long time ago. Looked around at the pizza landscape and said, we're losing. We need to do something different. 
We need to do something that nobody else is doing. And Little Caesars reinvented their entire business model around a concept called the hot and ready. Hot and ready. Now, this is really important. The two adjectives are hot and ready. The only promises that Little Caesars is making is that it will be hot and it will be ready. And you can get it in cheese and you can get it in pepperoni. And you can walk in the door, and at the time, it's $6.29 now, but it's, it was $5 at the time. You can walk in the door, slap down a five spot, and walk out with a large pepperoni pizza. And that was absurd hmm. when they did this. And Little Caesars has survived long after other pizza places have fallen because they looked around at their scenario and said, listen, we're going to respect the process. I don't even know if it's going to be good. I'm not saying the pizza is going to be amazing. I'm saying the process will be sound. And that's the little bit of way I felt about the Bills-Ravens game. I did not enjoy watching that game. Very few people did. You no. felt bad in the first half. You almost felt relieved at the end of it rather than good. But you respect the process. When you look through the process of that game and Sean McDermott's maneuvers, Sean McDermott outravened the Ravens. That's what I said on the Bruce exclusive. The idea that you know that they're going to try and let you go in for the touchdown and you don't take it. You get the first down at the goal line, but you don't get the touchdown. So you can bleed off the time off the clock. You pull the Ravens against the Ravens. If ever there was proof of the influence that analytics is playing in the Buffalo Bills organization, that was a game that did it. And so they never promised you that that was going to be fun because sometimes the process isn't fun. And sometimes the pizza isn't the best pizza you ever had, mm. but the process will be good. And that's the way I felt about Bill's Ravens. I walked away and I didn't feel great. And you don't walk away from a little Caesar scenario and go, yeah, I feel amazing. Yeah, no, right? rarely that, do you. That, that's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean you can't respect. And I have re- much more respect for Little Caesars as an organization than I do have joy that comes from consuming their food. I like Little Caesars pizza. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. It's not the best pizza I've ever had. But as far as chain pizzas goes, it's perfectly passable. But most importantly... When I'm driving down the road and I can't think of anything and I'm going to go bring something home to the wife, I'm going to see Little Caesars. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to say, hey, can I get a large cheese, a large pep, and some crazy bread? We're going to have two and a half to three meals out of this. Mm. And it's going to cost me $17 after tax. Sign me up. It may not always taste good. Mm. It may not always taste amazing. It's perfectly passable, but you respect the process. Mm. That is how I felt about Bill's Ravens. Nate? So I'm going to stick with uh, something. uh, You know how a raven is a bird. I'm going to stick with another bird, but a bird of a different flock. In fact, a bird, not at all, Bruce, but a bird in name. If Bill's Ravens were a food... It would be duck sauce. Now, hear me out. And <clears throat> you're talking about Mandarin. We we're talking about Chinese food. And it sort of sparked. And I, 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 this was between two things for me. And your talk about Chinese food, Mandarin versus Szechuan, inspired me to go with this one over the other one I was going to use. So the reason it's duck sauce is anytime you've gone and you've gotten yourself an egg roll, pork, 
veggie, whatever, right? It's pretty mediocre at best. Not always a lot of flavor. You're getting whatever the the taste of whatever frying oil they used on the outside. Uh, if it's a veggie one, what is the real flavor profile of it, right? For the first half, this was not a particularly entertaining football game. It was kind of bland. And as soon as Josh Allen takes the team down in that drive before the end of the half, Uncle Mo came a knocking. And it's like somebody came in and said, ha, ah, there's duck sauce at the bottom of the bag. And you're like, duck sauce. And you, you rip the duck sauce open. You pour it into the plastic area that the two pack of your, your egg rolls came in. You dip it in this bland, pretty all right, but nothing like close to the highlight of your meal is elevated into something you're like, oh my God, this duck sauce has changed the freaking game. It has taken this bland thing and a touchdown drive before the end of the half and a stop to start the third quarter defensively. And all of a sudden you've got yourself something that is maybe the highlight of your dish, depending on how crappy of a Chinese place it is. And you don't have a particularly good entree. I've had times where I'm like, I'm looking forward to the, if I, especially if I know it's a place that has a good egg roll, I usually keep the egg rolls for last. It's kind of the last thing I go to after I've eaten everything else. I like to take my egg roll, dip it in some duck sauce. And so that is why if Bill's Ravens were a food, it would be duck sauce. Okay. I'm in. It's, it's Nick. I'm, abso- I'm absolutely in on this. By the way, JR says, just so you know, this is exactly why I come here. That's right. <laughs> this is why you show up on Friday nights. Because uh. listen, when Nate and I were, were brainstorming this this show. This beautiful disaster we call at it. At no point did we think to ourselves, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to have really, really serious conversations about like roster construction like for 60 minutes because it's just not it's a Friday night, man. You had a long week. This show is designed to be on in the background yep. while you're kicking up your feet and you're having your first of probably many beers, right? This weekend, it's designed, it's built for that specific purpose. You're supposed to come, you're supposed to have a few laughs, talk some football, right? Occasionally, we have things that we have to talk about that are serious, you know? And sometimes it's not fun to have those conversations, but we want to laugh here. That's what we want to do. Andy says, Nate's Hakaro rant was the podcast equivalent of a pick six. Yes, I was in the middle of a rant. And then Nate decides to wave his arms down at the comment section going, Bruce, 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 Bruce. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like he's standing next to me, like tapping me furiously hey, on the shoulder. Bruce. Going, hey, Bruce. Hello. Hey, Bruce. There's something about that that just reminded me that Bruce was the name of the shark in Finding Nemo. Yes. And I really felt like I should just throw that in there at some point to like the Bruce exclusive intro go, hello, my hello. name is Bruce. Fish are friends, not, not food. food. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I, I think you that... should do that. That's a I... good, it's a good Jim Carrey and, and finding Dory, finding Nemo crossover. It's the crossover no one asked for. Literally no one. Everyone needs. Everyone, they don't know literally, they need it yet though. Literally, literally nobody. Nobody asked no for it. No one has yet. asked for it. No. Moving along, the upcoming Steelers game makes mm. me feel like. Mm. All right, Nate, you're going to go first on this one. Okay. The upcoming Steelers game makes me feel like 
Like I've been duped, Bruce. Like I've been royally duped. And here's how. 14 points is the spread, even after Jordan Poyer and Dawson Knox were ruled out. 14 points, which would mark the largest point spread in Steelers history that they have found themselves an underdog, right? I feel a lot like my girlfriend tricked me into taking me to a restaurant that I know I didn't, that she knows I don't want to go to. And maybe it's because I've had a bad experience there before. Maybe it's because I know what this team did as a heavy favorite last year in week one at home. Pittsburgh came in here and kind of stomped out the Bills. And I know they don't have TJ Watt and I don't have a couple other pieces. And I know Kenny Pickett's starting for the first game. But it just reminds me of feeling like I've been royally duped. I was told we were going to my favorite restaurant. And I'm like, where are we, where are we going? This is not the this isn't the way to pick your pick your restaurant. We're this looks like we're going a lot towards dun dun. And then you realize very quickly you've been duped and you've been brought to a restaurant that you just don't want to go to or you've sworn off because of a bad experience prior. And here you are at this restaurant. And hopefully this opportunity for the restaurant to change your mind, they do. Maybe hopefully you have a great meal and you never have to worry about going to this place again. You'll you'll never have to worry about playing the Steelers again after you take care of business. But for right now, they always play close games, Bruce, and it feels like a 14-point spread. It feels like someone's trying to dupe me. Hmm. They're trying to get you to bet something. Yeah. So it just it it feels it just feels like I know that it's Kenny Pickett's first start, and I know no TJ Watt. And I they just they always play close games. Even the games the Bills win, they're close games. Always. Even with duck freaking Hodges. So spare me the 14 point spread, frankly. Okay. Spare you the four. Okay. I will spare rib you the 14 point spread. Spare rib me that 14 point spread. Anytime we have a chance to make a food pun, we got to do it. So, the upcoming Steelers game makes me feel like I'm ordering my favorite wings at a time when my stomach is already upset. I'm looking forward to the wings. I like the wings. I already know. I have a good feeling about these wings. But no matter how much I like these wings, I can't shake this little bit feeling behind me that... I might not enjoy what comes after them. And that's the way I feel about Bill Steelers. I too feel very weird about this 14 point thing. And I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills are going to lose this game. Obviously, if I was a betting man, I would bet on the Bills. I'm not a betting man. The only time I bet is against you and I always win. So that's, that's about it. But for me, for me, it just gives me an odd feeling seeing a 14 point spread. You know, the last time I remember a spread this significant in a Bills game was Bills-Vikings 2019. Josh Allen's, no, uh, 2018. Josh Allen's rookie year. They were favored by a lot. And the Bills came in and beat him, and that was the hurdle game. And it was really weird because the Vikings came out and just really played well early. And the Bills, of course, not so much. (laughs) Not not as much, and it didn't go overly well. And it just gives me a weird feeling. Sure, I'm having wings, and I really like the wings, and I feel good about it, and everything about it lines up perfectly for me to get a good meal. But I'm already feeling kind of weird. I'm feeling kind of weird. I don't really like it. I don't like being this much of a favorite. 
You're feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Same way as me. So that's the way that I feel. Let's go into the comment section. Andy Anderson says, if Kenny Pickett hurdles Tremaine Edmonds, I'll eat my shoes. I don't think you're going to see a lot of hurdles from Kenny Pickett. Screenshot that, though, just in case. Okay. Well, I mean, do you have shoes that we can eat? You know, like edible shoes. Are there edible shoes that you know, I don't want Andy to be in? I don't want Andy to be in trouble. Remember that that a radio host from Cleveland who said if the Browns picked Bay for May, Baker Mayfield, he would eat horse poop. Oh yeah, and they picked him and he had to eat horse poop. Yeah, that's regrettable. That's yeah. Uh, don't yeah. You know, don't commit to that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's regrettable. By the way, I have a question for you. You know who uh, you know who Nathan uh, Fielder is, right? Uh, name does not ring a bell. Uh, you ever seen? Um, He's a Canadian comic. Yes, oh, Nathan, Nathan, for Nathan for you. Yes, the show. Have you seen that? Have you seen? No, that I haven't. I, 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 I know of it, but I've never watched it. So you should because it's got it's like a Dimitri Martin type feel to okay. it, like comedy, like a very extra dry comedy, like okay. as dry okay. as dry gets, which I think might lean you to yeah, liking it. A hundred percent. You should check out what I just retweeted. Uh, he's at the Mets game, and his persona is so on brand like he's still in character on the jumbotron and it's absolutely incredible if you're talking about you know quality podcast content it's just narrating what's happening on my twitter timeline oh yeah absolutely 100 yeah. percent quality the only thing better is googling quality things kids, which i did both of those things right there in that last segment if you if you can't so love good. it i don't know i don't know what to tell you just googling stuff that's yeah. awesome all right moving along We've got winners and losers from this mm-hmm. week in the NFL. Now, this is really important. We were going to try to get to the definition of a blowout. That was going to be something we we're going to get to, but we're running out of time. So we'll try and get to that next week. Why? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Was it the Hakarl? Was it the Something Hukarl? about fermented shark, yeah, I think, okay. probably Fair. got us a little I Fair. got us a little bit off the, the rails. Fair. So we're going to talk about winners Fair. and losers this week in the NFL. And – we're going to start with winners because I kind of want to finish on a I want to finish on a loser note this week. Okay. And I'm going to go first. Okay. My winner for this week is Mike Boone. Mike Boone, I, I want to just go ahead and just I, I want I want to read these to you because you're you're going to love this. You're going to absolutely love this. Mike Boone's career statistics are hilarious. They are absolutely hilarious. Over the course of his career, he's rushed the ball 85 times for 472 yards. That's 5.6 yards per carry with a long of 59. And yet, he's never really been given any opportunity. At no point has anybody ever thought, yeah, right. sure, why not? Let's give Mike Boone a shot. He, he got stuck behind Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. And now here he is in Denver. And again, it takes a, a significant injury for him to get involved. And he just comes out and everyone was like, oh my gosh, he looks better than Melvin Gordon. <laughs> he's catching screen passes. He's, his vision is creating, he he's setting up his own blocks. He's running for five and a half yards of carry. Everyone's like, oh, okay. Now I know Melvin Gordon, everyone likes to hate on Melvin Gordon, especially in Denver because of the fumble issues. But it's a scenario where 
Mike Boone has a chance to be a 50-50 back for the rest of this year, and he's still 27. So he has a chance to be a 50-50 back for the rest of this year. And then potentially, instead of being a third guy next year, he can go somewhere and be a second guy. Maybe. Somewhere else. I I hope it happens. So I'm excited. And I've always been an unabashed Mike Boone fan. There's tweets for me from the preseason going, Mike Boone is like the best RB3 in football. I was very excited. I I spent a lot of money to pick him up on the waiver wire because I was so excited. And I think that Melvin Gordon might get outshone by him. And I was really excited. I like to watch him when he was at Cincinnati. I'm a big Mm. fan. But my big winner this week is that he was one of the only bright spots in a horrendous game. And that put even more spotlight on him moving forward. So I am going to take Mike Boone as my winner this week. Nate, who you got? My winner this week is Geno Smith. Ah. And he didn't even play yet this week, and he's been proven a winner. But even before then, the highest completion percentage through four games in NFL history, 77% completion percent. It's not because he's playing in, in Justin Fields' offense and throwing 14 times a game. Um, he is legitimately, Bruce, changing the thoughts and minds of people that were clearly made up about him. And and I'll tell you, I was one of them. I thought it was a joke that the Seattle Seahawks were starting Geno Smith over Drew Locke, a guy that was, you know, highly touted and has that has the big arm that you're looking for in the day's NFL, a little bit of mobility. Um, and you're thinking, and I know this is my thought process was, what are you going to learn about Geno Smith that you don't already know? Give Drew Locke an opportunity to prove some people wrong. And it turns out that that's why guys get paid the big bucks to be in the building, to watch what he did in practice every day. He earned the opportunity to be the Seattle Seahawks starter. He's surrounded with the best supporting cast he's ever been surrounded with, bar none. I mean, what Jericho Cotchery and oh, yeah. who else would have been, you know, I mean, that was probably his best weapon. T- Thomas Jones? I don't know. Like, who did he have in New York at any point um, when they were? Would you like me to get that answer? Because I have that answer for you. I would like the answer. Because I'm, 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 I'm the dude. How about, okay. how about the next Calvin Johnson, Mr. Stephen Hill? Oh, my God. How about Stephen the ghost Hill. of Santonio Holmes? Santonio Holmes. Um, Starting running back, Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell. Um, Who would have been? Well, the... next year, it was way better, though. Next year, it was Chris Ivory, Eric yes. Decker, Percy yes, Harvin. Yes, Decker. Jeremy Curley. Wow. Much better. So, so the next year. now he's got he's got Noah Fant, Will Disley, which is a nice one-two punch at the tight end position. Um, and I don't think they've really quite realized what they can do with Fant, uh, with Fant quite yet. I, I think that'll come. But obviously, DK and, and Lockett are as good of a one-two punch in the football. And their offensive line, they got this guy in like the second or third round, this offensive lineman, and his name's escaping me right now, Lucas, um, that's playing, that has solidified their offensive line. Um, and they're getting great returns from Rashad Penny, who is clearly one healthy, a legitimate, a legitimately good back. And I think Kenneth Walker is waiting in the wings, who I think is going to be a top five, top 10 runner in the next two or three years. Um, I, and they've got two first round picks next year, two first round picks the following year, four picks in the top, uh, in the top 60 in the next two seasons. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas are the rookie. Types. Yes. Yes, and they have the returns so far have been fantastic on those two. Um, yeah, good for Geno Smith. I mean, easy to root him on, and I and I wish nothing. I, and I hope that Geno, he's 31 years old, Bruce. He's not even that old. 
Um, no. like he's got, he's got a, if he could play this type of football, um, Seattle could be a dangerous team in the NFC, man. They really, really could. Absolutely out of left field. Awesome. Awesome story. Losers for this week. Nate, what you got? Uh, listen, I mean, it's, it's Russell Wilson, uh, and America for having to watch that game yesterday, but you know, Russell Wilson signed a $245 million contract, 161 of which is fully guaranteed. The throws he was making yesterday, I mean, his his stats, whether it's QBR, completion percentage, volume, yardage, they mirror Mitch Trubisky, who just was benched in Pittsburgh. So I, I don't know what to make of this Russell Wilson situation. And I actually wanted to, in speaking about this and talking about him being the biggest loser, short of railing on him, which is what everyone else has done, do you think what Kyle Brandt said this morning on Good Morning Football crossed the line? Yes. You do? I do. Why, because why the, do only, so? the only reason you're bringing it up is because he's not playing well. That's the reason. I think so, that's right. So the, uh, I, I don't have – factually, I don't necessarily disagree with anything. I do think there's plenty of people who have interacted with Russell Wilson have said – that they've gotten the feeling that he was not being genuine. My yes. counter argument is that doesn't matter if he's not if he's playing if he's playing really well. That doesn't matter. Nobody cares. But Kyle Bryan actually did say that though. Like he said, if you are really good, this doesn't matter. Or right. if you're a really great guy and everyone in your locker room loves you, this doesn't right. matter. But right now, right. he's 100 percent right that both cases, it does not appear like the locker room loves him. Like. The whole, I know. Do we have any reports from Denver that they don't like him? Do we have any incidences that they don't like him? KJ Hamler is not. Was really upset. It's not acting the way that Kate. Now, if that's Jerry Judy, first round pick. If that's Bradley Chubb. If that's Cortland Sutton. That's Garrett Bowles. Okay. Veterans, guys on that roster, important pieces, leaders. But when you're fourth receiver. Is doing that, and I think what it's what it says to me is, like there's not a there's not a baseline level. That clapping thing, it was funny. People laughed about it. The deeper issue for me is that is kind of common practice amongst the amongst the league, amongst NFL teams, yelling, run pass. Now, is it does every team do that in the NFL? No, I mean few teams still do it. It's more of a thing at the high school and college level. Let's be honest. I mean, that's it's just a thing about football. It's a weird thing about football. It's a cadence, right? It's just a weird thing that people around the game do. The reactions, the the facial expressions you saw from Melvin Gordon looking at multiple instances, looking at Russell Wilson, like he's hard to take serious. And I think if everyone else is seeing it now, fans are usually the last to the party. Fans, sure. media, we don't know what's happening inside that locker room. A few Denver Broncos wanted to make it known on national television in front of the cameras, their displeasure with Russell Wilson. So um, I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, Richard Sherman and, and KJ Wright said the things they said about Russell on that podcast. Um, it's been a – I think what Kyle Brandt said came up not because – I think partially because – um, he's not playing well, but partially because I think something, you know, it, it was, it was obvious that Brant was using an experience that he had had sure. with Sierra and with yeah, Russell. Yeah, he, Wilson got, he, and got, he got big timed. 
I would say that if anything he said was remotely wrong, I would have said maybe it was over the line, but I mean, just everything. I mean, it's, he is, he does come off very phony, very um, non-genuine. And when you're that kind of guy and you get paid $161 million, you better have better underlying numbers than Mitch Trubisky, who just was benched after four games. So I, I think it, it could get very ugly, very, very quickly, Bruce, there in Denver. They are not, just like Kyle Brandt said, they are not tied to him in any way. They don't have the history of drafting and developing him and watching him come to the trials and tribulations. They're looking for a damn quarterback. And if he can't be it, they have no way out. And that's my biggest loser. My biggest loser isn't Russell Wilson. It's the Denver Broncos. Mm. And the reason it's the Denver Broncos is because they gave him a contract they can't get out from before they had actually seen him play anything in Broncos colors. So that not whole, even a preseason game, not even a preseason game. They saw enough in practice and the new ownership came in, signed off on the contract. Russell Wilson's dead cap is over a hundred million dollars. Insane. They cannot get out from Russell Wilson contract. And when you sign a 33 year old to that level of contract, you got to be sure. Yeah. Because if you have Jared Goff on that contract, someone will think I can fix him. And the Lions appear to have done that. They have. When you have Carson Wentz on that contract, you can have someone say, I think I can fix him. And the Colts did. And then the Washington Commanders did. But if you have a 33 year old Russell Wilson on that contract, number one, it's prohibitive for you to get out. Number two, nobody would take it anyway because no one's looking at 33-year-old Russell Wilson going, I can fix that. Right. He's 33. No one wants to 26. fix 33-year-old. Yeah. So for me, my biggest loser is the Denver Broncos. And my biggest loser is the Denver Broncos is because I'm not saying it's toast. I'm not saying Russell's, Russell Wilson is washed right now. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can't say, based on what you just talked about, Melvin Gordon, and the reactions you're starting to see, like you can't see. I'm not saying that that locker room doesn't like him because I, I mentioned you. I don't think I have any proof beyond a shadow of how they don't. But you can't tell me stuff's not creeping in. Like you can't tell me some buyer's remorse for those players isn't creeping in. And when you pay a player outside of your organization before you do anything to elevate guys within it, mm-hmm. before you make big investments in Justin Simmons, Guys in the locker room start to talk. And let's be honest, Nathaniel Hackett is out of his element. He's Donnie, okay? Donnie, you're out of your element, okay? He's he's Donnie. And tell me you, you get the reference. Yes, I get the reference. Okay, good, good, good. Um, the Big Lebowski for those. I'm going to go watch The Big Lebowski after this, by the way, um, because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, My wife has never seen The Big Lebowski. Are you gonna, we're going to watch it tonight. We're going we're gonna to workshop this. Uh, I'm going to go on. We're going to make a zoom. I'm going to watch her watch <laughs> the big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I think it was a desperate, desperate move from a franchise desperate to find relevant quarterback play. Um, but I'm sorry. I just like, if you watched 
any of those games last year. And I know part of it was because of the, the, the finger injury, and that certainly played a big part in all this. But 33 years old, and you give him that kind of contract with $161 million guaranteed, you don't even watch him play a game. All you're doing is going off practice. Just yeah, you, you you deserve everything. And frankly, I saw the Nathaniel Hackett thing from a mile away. That's as predictable as it gets. He had no head coaching experience. This was not the time to go after a rookie head coach who had, basically at every turn has gotten the play calling yanked from him. I just it's yeah, I I, I almost feel listen, I have never Bruce in a sporting event ever seen fans get up and walk and leave the stadium when their team was going into overtime. I have never seen it done. Never. They were just ready for it to be over, just like the rest I of us. I could not believe it that they were leaving. Even if, like, I've been to some stinkers, Bruce, of Bills games. I have been to the 56 nothing game. Was it 56 to 3, 56 to 7? The Sunday night game, the first Patriots Sunday night game. game and I was at that game. I stayed for the whole damn thing. Stayed for the whole thing, Bruce. Whole thing. It was terrible. Like, I stayed for that. These fans in week four bailed on their team as they were going to overtime. I, Bruce, I've never seen it before. Never. Well, I feel they like just good... won the Stanley Cup. They're, they're, they are, they're prima donna fans. Sorry. Okay. Well, you know what? I think it's a good place to end it. That's right. a really good place to end it. Calling out Broncos fans. I like that. Just calling out Broncos fans here. Just just choosing violence. That's what Nathaniel. I did. Nathaniel. Just That's choosing I violence. By the and way, you know what? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, I talked about biggest winner, Geno Smith. You mentioned him. I just wanted to quickly pine for Jared Goff. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. I mean, the work good he did him. last week, 378 yards, four touchdowns with Josh Reynolds as his number one wide receiver. Um He's got the best offensive line in football. He's supported. They believe in him now. Um, and that does a lot for a quarterback when he knows he has the belief and the structure behind him. Uh, and his teammates believe in him. And his head coach and his general manager, they all genuinely believe. And I think, you know, I know they're not winning games right now. They're one and three. They could easily be three and one. They should be three and one. Um, I just w- I wish Aaron Glenn would stop blitzing so damn much. I think maybe just, just – chill out a little bit on that just um, just, just just chill for but a overall i'm really excited jameson williams is going to be in this lineup and they're going to have a trio a really a quadruple um a, a quad quant what is it a, a quint quintuplets quad quadru quadru pair i don't know quad, what you're going with this right what's now. four babies what's four babies um quadruplets yeah yeah he's got quadruplets at the pass catching slash just, uh, you know, uh, skilled position. Swift is a great player. Jamal Williams is a great player. Hawkinson's nice. You've got the number one receiver, maybe the most underrated player in all of the NFL, Ramon Ra, St. Brown. And then you're going to add in Jamison Williams, who is just as electrifying as Devontae Smith. I hope that they build around Goff. I'm not sure they will, but I, I, I hope that they do. He's not, he's 27, Bruce. He's 27. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Dan Campbell. They should. He has proved that as long as he is supported, and they're only going to get better at those skill positions, he can win a Super Bowl. He has proven he was, you know, a couple of plays from winning a Super Bowl. Good for Jared Goff. I'm rooting for him. I hope. I hope that he. I hope he's the franchise guy there. 
Sorry, I just wanted to get on my soapbox. Well, if you don't hope that he's the franchise guy, though, then I'm I'm really sorry because the, you just you just ended this one on a stinker, ended this on a sour note. But I hope you do because we're Jer- in this household. We stand Jared Goff. As for me and my household, we will stand Jared Goff. And you, right there, listening, watching, all of you who have joined us this evening, you, you right there, Nate is pointing at the camera. I hope you enjoyed your Friday evening or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening or Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening or Monday morning or whatever day you happen to be listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you laughed. I hope you had some fun. And most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry.